0: Greetings, troubled listener, and welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in the safe house on the line with my co-host, the original Troubled Man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mister Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny.
1: Hey, man, what's happening with you?
0: Oh, you know, just gearing up, Manny. It's, it's uh, getting busier here. Uh, you know, the holidays are right upon us. Uh, Thanksgiving, specifically. Hanukkah, right on the, the, hot on the heels of that. Uh, kids are all back in the house. I have a Christmas concert starting next week. Actually playing at uh, uh, St. Louis Cathedral with Susan Cousel.
2: Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Nice
0: yeah I, I played there once before So they you. you as
1: a jew they let play there
0: yeah you know they 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 uh, you know they'll probably check my uh my covid card but uh i don't think they're going to check my uh, my catholic card but you know you know how the catholics go they never let you go you know i did make my, my uh i'm a confirmed catholic before i was a jew so uh the, the catholics would would disregard anything that happened after that they'd say nope you know they that's the whole thing is like give us a give us a child for 12 years we have them for life well, it didn't quite work with me, but uh you know the, they would still count me
1: because they didn't want to rape
0: you they didn't they they, they did not manny they did um, not want to rape you we've talked about this before. we have we have i mean yeah. i'm 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 thankful I can't say my feelings weren't a little bit hurt, but uh you know it's uh you know, yeah. you gotta <laughs> you, you gotta be thankful for for some aspect of that um how about you, Manny? How, 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 are, you, how are you doing?
1: Well, I, you know, I don't really care for the holidays. As older I get, the more just, it, just, it, just, it just becomes a, a burden. It's a bothersome task that I have to deal with. Sure. This is why I'm so glad, like, my parents are dead. Mm-hmm. And this is, I'm so glad that all my siblings live, you know, you know in both parts of the country. I don't have to deal with this family shit, you know. That was, that
2: was my next question. It was where's your family? <laughs>
1: yeah, well some are in California and some are in New York, so I don't I, and I'm in the middle, and, you know. If they want to see me, they'll come visit me. You know, I'm not going out there. Gotcha. You know, but uh but yeah, it, it is what it is, you know. Uh, uh fortunately for me uh, uh, and for my wife, uh you know, uh her parents are dying off and her family's getting more and more, uh, uh, distance from each other. And she's enjoying that. I think she'll enjoy that a lot once, <laughs> once, uh, uh, once, uh, things, you know, but it's not going to be for a couple of years, you know?
0: Right. Cause she has a big family. I mean, that was a, a whole, a whole crowd Yeah, of but people. they're all
1: just like white flighters. They, they don't want to come to Orleans parish. So she's very happy with that.
0: Huh? You know? Okay. So she
1: doesn't have to see them. You know, if they want to see her, they better come, but they don't want to come.
0: So y'all aren't going to make a trip out to reefer Ridge for the, the collection no, of the not happening. No, oh, okay. no,
1: no, I'm not doing it. I mean, she, she might, but I'm not doing it. There's, really? there's too many good football games on Thursday that I, I don't want to miss. So, you know, okay. you know, so I, I'm not going to go out there even though the bar is always packed, you know, that's a good thing, but no, I'm not going out there. Uh-uh. Okay. And as far as Christmas, uh, you know, the holidays are coming, I, I don't really, you know, it doesn't, I have no desire, you know, I don't even want to get a tree. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do any of that stuff. I, I just really just going to try to avoid it at all costs. You know, I'll do what I do every year and just sign the checks. And right, right. I do. You know.
0: Yeah, so. I think a, a lot of people uh, enjoyed some of the relief of of, of those obligations uh, during lockdown, and uh, and thought, man, that was really good. Uh, we could, yeah, well,
1: I've said it before, and I'll say it again. As you know, for me personally, in about a year from now or so, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be saying, you know, bring back the pandemic, baby, bring it back, because <laughs> I was I'm the happiest I've ever been. Right. You know? Well,
0: well, yeah. you 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 do have, uh, you know already your, your, your reputation to fall back on that, uh, you know, people know you don't want to see them. So,
1: right. Yeah. I, you know, I, you know, but, uh, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, uh, my wife is uh, from here and she likes all these big gatherings and, and likes to see people and, and talk to people and pet animals <laughs> and things like that. But I'm not, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not doing that. You know. Okay,
0: but but your daughter's there with you.
1: Yeah, well, I guess I hardly ever see her. You know, she got her license. She takes the car, and don't see her for you know, uh, you know, long long periods of time. I haven't seen, And of course, it's like the break. All the, all the kids are off of school, so I I you know, it's like cool. Go out and hang out with your friends. Get, you right, know, that kind of stuff. But you know, it's you know, this city. This city is such a fucking cesspool. Um, her, I don't know if you saw, uh, it, it was on the news and the, and the local paper. Uh, two girls got carjacked over on uh, uh, Ferret Street, and it was uh, my, two of my daughter's best friends.
0: Really? I didn't wow. even hear about that, man.
1: That's yeah, it was, it was in the NOLA newspaper and in the local news. Uh, it's so funny, too, because apparently it was three guys Three young kids, three juveniles actually, who carjacked these two juveniles, and um, they took it at gunpoint. They told her to get out, oh, her, and her friend to get out of the car, and they took her. Uh, and this was a this was like a birthday gift from her grandparents. This car, and fortunately, I guess these kids weren't too bright. Uh, they were caught like an hour later. Good. So, yeah, that's, that's, it's good. But, I mean, I, can you imagine being a 16-, 17-year-old girl and having a gun pointed right at your head? No. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. I can't imagine it. Yeah. Traumatized. Yeah. Traumatized. Sure, so, sure. Uh, man. So I've, inv- I, uh, I've uh, told my daughter to, um, you know, look into weed. 'Cause weed will be the probably the answer for her. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> to, I, to to keep her home, so you yeah. just stay, stay in a room yeah, and get yeah. high.
1: Yeah, stay in a room and veg out for a while. <laughs> veg out mm-hmm. for the holiday break, you know. Okay. Like, put the put yeah. the
0: headphones on and uh and, yeah, you know, and dark side of to to the some
1: moon Aussie or fucking, you know, sure. motorhead.
0: Sure. You know, that kind okay. of stuff.
1: But there are things I, I wanted to talk about besides us.
0: Yeah, yeah, go into that.
1: You know, I, I, uh, this is something I want to talk about a while ago, but I never got around to it, is uh, um, the violence in Europe is getting uh, bad. You know, usually you think of Europe, like England, they don't have guns and all that kind of stuff. And isn't, you don't hear about many murders or violent acts of crime in, in Europe. But apparently uh, things are picking up in Europe as far okay. as violent crimes. But uh, in most of these violent acts... Uh, lately, especially in the northern European countries, haven't been guns or anything, but have been bow and arrows. Really? Yes. People, people are they're like they're, they're going up to liquor stores and with a bow and arrow or are going up to someone walking on the street with a bow and arrow. And Not
0: crossbows? Jesus. Maybe crossbows.
1: Okay. The story I read okay. was about bow and arrows. You know? Wow. But that's
0: th- unwieldy, man. It'd be hard to rob somebody because it takes two hands. Right. Exactly. That's what arrow. I was getting to. It's
1: just like, you know, how do you say, stick them up <laughs> with a bow and arrow and then yeah. say, give me all your money. And keep, keep the bow and arrow pointed at the victim while collecting the money, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. It seems like do you a you lot give of a, like a, Do you give a
1: warning shot of the bow and arrow? Do you shoot it up <laughs> in the air or something like that or shoot That's, it at their feet
0: you no, know, as a I warning you shot? Do I, I no. don't know how
1: that works out, but I found it very curious that uh, uh, in Europe, at least, the bow and arrow is making a comeback.
0: Wow. Who, who would have who thunk it, man?
1: Well, uh, some Europeans have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, okay. they've, they've thought about you know. I don't have a gun uh, I have bullets but I don't have guns uh, and I guess the knife is just not that hip anymore huh. I'll try the bow and arrow you know, uh,
0: I mean, a, a lot of those places you say, you know, the violent crime, uh, you, you were saying it's low, but uh, you really more accurately like gun violence is low because they don't have a lot of guns. Well, but yeah, they don't know themselves. Them. Like in England, people, they can't even uh, let them drink out of uh, uh uh, glass pint glasses because they'll break them and cut each other's throats. You know, they have to drink out of plastic. So it's, it's not that they're not violent. They just, uh, they, they know how violent they are ahead of time. They got to, right. Gotta I guess, you know, but, it off.
1: you know, uh, I just, it's like, you know, bow and arrow. It's, it's, it's not like you can hide it. Like, uh, uh you know, you know, tuck it in your belt. Like it's you not a concealed weapon, right? Yeah, it's not a concealed
0: weapon, but, hmm. uh,
1: you know, they're, I guess they're, they've been, you know, they're they're uh, they're getting uh uh they're getting creative, I guess. You know? Well,
0: they have a tradition, they're going back to the Robin Hood days, I guess, you know.
1: Right. You know, Robin Hood, that kind of guy. Right, um, right, right. But yeah, so I thought that was very curious. It's something that has been on my mind for the last month. I think I read this story wow. about a month okay. ago. Okay, really, you've really
0: been thinking about that for a while. Yeah, okay. I've been thinking <laughs> about it a while because I'm
1: driving around town thinking of, you know, well, maybe I could, you know, if I had a bow and arrow you know i think a bow and arrow though could be a good uh a, still a good weapon to assassinate somebody maybe not hmm. so much rob someone especially in america i don't think you could really rob anyone with a bow and arrow um uh, but maybe assassinate someone um, have you ever actually shot a bow and arrow
0: uh i mean you know like a a target bow and arrow sure yeah when i was a kid yeah like you know some of those real blunt tip uh uh, right magic. yeah
1: but the, but, the, but the, apparently the real bone arrows you know have some really hard you know uh, tension on the string and, and and if you don't do it right you could actually you know shoot yourself in that <laughs> way.
0: Yeah, that would that would seem kind of foolish. Yeah, yeah. those compound bows. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah. the
1: tension is so hard and tight that if you release it at the wrong point or whatever, it could backfire on you and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, yeah, I could see fucking that up.
1: Yeah, well, you know, especially <laughs> after a few drinks.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of doesn't...
1: plastic cups, even. you know? Okay, sure. You know, but uh anyway, so that was that's been on my mind for okay, a while. Okay, I'm glad we got to, to address that. Yeah. You know, but, you know, uh, going back to the holidays,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you think of, you know, what people, you know, the, we're already getting bombarded with the commercials, even though like, uh, the stores don't even have these products. They're still trying to say, you know, come to our store and buy things and stuff like that.
0: Uh-huh. Buy it on layaway. Or you know, something. Buy it on layaway and all
1: that kind of stuff. But, you know, and you see these, I hear these commercials. I see these commercials for like, you know, buy your loved one a diamond or buy them a car you know all these like really outlandish gifts and stuff that you know me and you i can't afford any of that shit you know
0: no uh, no no uh, it's know, a waste, but, waste uh, of money
1: but i was thinking about you know the, the, you know uh, being from la and hollywood and, and growing up with a lot of rich kids and stuff like that and, and seeing the kind of lavish gifts uh a lot of my friends parents would dote on each other you know and, and all that kind of stuff uh I was thinking to myself, um, would a sex change be a good gift for the holidays? <laughs> <laughs> Give someone a sex change.
0: Well, it's a, it's a big gift.
1: Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Depending on what sex you're or, going,
0: or, or small.
1: Yeah, or well, small. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's a,
0: it's a, it's an expensive gift, is what I'm saying. It's, right.
1: Uh, it, it, I mean, it could, I mean, it, it would have to be uh, uh, the perfect gift for someone who really wanted that.
0: Right. 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 You,
1: know, you can't just give it to <laughs> you, like I'm going to give <laughs> I'm going to give my cousin a sex change. It, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, it's uh, random. Yeah. So it would really have to be someone who who. Who who wanted it it was on their wish list it definitely uh-huh. can't be definitely yeah. can't
2: be secret santa at the office right yeah exactly <laughs> it can't be the secret santa
1: gift you know i got a bottle of white wine but i gave you a sex change <laughs> Yeah. You know? i got you a, a target gift card or and you got me a sex change you know?
0: <laughs> okay yeah. well it, that is becoming more popular these days manny so you know it's uh it's a well, a popular I just, uh, gift than know, it would have been at one time. Out
1: the troubled nation. I'm sure there's some listeners out there who have thought about this, and, and maybe oh, are now we'll you say, think? "Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give my uh, good friend's mother-in-law a uh, sex <laughs> change operation." You
0: know, okay. Well, again, I that's it's a it's a it's a very uh, extravagant gift.
1: Right. Yeah. And how do you wrap it? Extravagant and, and
2: specific.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it would be like in the form of a uh, a card, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, like kind of one of those, you know, good for one hug kind of cards. You know, yeah, good, good this for card
1: two. Uh, yeah, exactly. This card is worth five hugs and two kisses and stuff like that.
0: Okay. All um, right. And well, one
1: fat cock. Okay. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. You could just put that on
0: a card anyway. Yeah. You know, even without the sex change. Yeah, part, man. Exactly, Although that yeah. might get you reported to HR.
1: Happy holidays and one fat cock, and I hope the new year brings you, you know, I many
0: more, many more. You know. <laughs>
1: okay kind of stuff. all right
0: now we're getting somewhere manny yeah, yeah well right. yeah
1: it's, it's these are the things i think about you know okay. I think about this stuff all right you know
0: but good one anyway right. one
1: more thing before yes. we get to our guest yes. uh you know i did you hear uh for 85 minutes last week uh we had a female president did you hear about this
0: uh no i didn't hear about that
1: well our president uh, uh joe biden who I think is a hilarious guy, um, <laughs> sure. he had a colonoscopy, or a cos- whatever you call it. Yeah. Colonoscopy. Yeah. Yeah. Cos- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he was actually under the gas under. for yeah. 85 minutes, apparently. 80- and he, he wrote down, or apparently he said, while I'm under, you're president. So we actually had a female president for 85 minutes last wow. week. Wow. First time in history. All right. And I was just surprised that she didn't try to pass a bunch of shit while he was (laughs) under. You know, you know, that's what my big thing was. Like, what were you doing? You had eighty-five minutes. You get a lot done in eighty-five minutes. (laughs) You know, you probably have a sex change in eighty-five minutes. You know,
0: I I don't know about that. I think (laughs) that might be a more involved uh, operation. I guess you could get a good start anyway.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, eighty-five minutes. You know, there are are some uh, movies that are only eighty-five minutes long and stuff. Right. Right. But anyway, that's, uh, that's what Okay, I got. well, it's a,
0: a, a glass ceiling uh, broken there. Yeah, but I you know mean, if, yeah.
1: let's say if you had the power to be president for 85 minutes, what would you do?
0: Um. Oh, geez, I don't know, man. You know, that's, uh, that's, Six by street. Okay, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I street Yeah, yeah, and and get mine fixed as well. Yes. Uh, my my street there was actually another uh, transit van uh, got swallowed up in the sand pit today as I was talking oh, back. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking actually back on the on the 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 uh the female president thing. I was saying, well, maybe next time uh, we can have a female president for even up to 2 hours. Right? You know? We'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I can't but if I had 85 Progress, minutes right. if I had if I had 85 minutes I mean I, my imagination is crazy man I, I would like you know I would I would uh, I would uh, you know first thing I would do is mm-hmm. was I would bomb Bakersfield.
0: Oh, Bakersfield. We love Bakersfield. No, 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 no. Uh, I would bomb some places that
1: I don't really care for, you know. Oh, no, I, I'd I would bomb, I would bomb the Costco on Carrollton Avenue.
0: <laughs> oh no, I was there today. I like that Costco, Manny. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> dis- wow! Discuss, oh. discuss so oh, you, you actually list.
1: you, you uh, you're a member. You pay to be a member of something. I am a
0: member of Costco. Really? really? I, well, yes. You won't
1: be a member of the NOAC.
0: Well, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a member of of uh, of another organization that uh, that conflicts with that. So
1: I uh, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, anyway. Say goodbye to the ring room then. Well, well, uh, we'll 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 figure it out, Manny. We're gonna. Gonna have to have to sort this out sooner or later. Here we can't can't do this by phone forever. Oh, some people do though. I know, I know, but it's just so much better when we're we're there. Uh, you know, I can see your eyes, see your furtive glances. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what do you have a crush on me or something?
0: What a little bit, Manny. A little Jesus bit. Christ. A little bit. A little bit. Obviously. All right. Good okay. to our guests. Man. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, this is a, a fellow I've tried to get on for a, a long time we've We've had some uh, some some bookings and had to rearrange it, but we finally have him in tonight. He's, he's here in the flesh. Uh, he's a terrific drummer, percussionist. Uh, he's played with uh, all kind of great national and regional acts uh, Anders Osborne, Carl Denson, uh, Pimps of Joy time, uh, Dirty dozen brass band, uh, on and on and on. Uh, without further ado, the great Mister Eric Bolivar.
2: Welcome, Eric. Hey, hey, hey! How you doing? All right, man. How are you? What's going on, everybody? I am. I am. Well, my street right?
1: is perfectly smooth right now. Okay. Nice, <laughs> nice.
0: So, Eric, you're you're having a uh, road work in in your uh, neighborhood as well?
2: Man, it's I'm uptown. I'm right by uh, Tulane's baseball and football stadiums. Right. It's it's chaos over here, man. Oh, are you it's,
1: on? Are you on Calhoun?
2: I'm on. I'm at the corner of uh, Calhoun and Johnson.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sure.
2: Yeah. They're uh, fucking
1: that area up big time. It's, <laughs>
2: it's it's unbelievable. Every day it's a different detour, so you don't know which way to go.
1: All right. <laughs> well, I work. I work at the campus, so I park near there. I park near the alumni house, which is a little farther down. Gotcha. And, uh, um, yeah, it's like, don't bother getting your car washed for the next few months. Right,
2: minutes. right. It's like it's like you're just off-roading in the, in the sand dunes.
1: Right, <laughs> it, yeah. It's it's crazy over it's, there. It's, but, pretty,
2: uh, it's pretty intense.
1: Yeah, but now that the kids are gone for the break, uh, at least it won't be so much um, traffic.
0: You're right. You know, Competition right. for parking, yeah. Well, yeah.
1: not that, that, but also just the... the the cars that go up and down, up and down, that are causing more and more, you know, holes and the dust and all
2: that. Crack. And they're going literally up and down and up and down because of the because of the construction and all the detours. People get frustrated and go the wrong way coming yes. up Calhoun. Oh, yes, Jesus. Yes, and I'm waiting for someone to just like get you know murdered at the corner because people come flying around the corner from Claiborne on the Calhoun. Me being one of them.
1: <laughs> yeah and, and there's you know you're frustrated and angry it's like it's been going on for months and you know and of course just like at renee street and every other street in town they come they dig it up and they leave
2: and they leave right exactly it's like what are you doing yeah uh,
1: and you ask them will you be back and they say yeah sure
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah sure i'll be at some back point. yeah yeah I'll, I'll be back Yeah, have no yeah, yeah and uh they'll come dig it up or even better um they literally come come in, dump a bunch of gravel on the ground, sit around for the, the day, and then dig it back up and and leave <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's like the marines or something
2: <laughs> well, you know
1: it, it could be worse because uh, a mutual friend of ours, Renee, who lives over here by me uh on uh ground route saint john uh right there uh I forget the name of that street uh well they uh they dug up the whole street, and they were ready to start putting down the, you know, the concrete and the smooth road. But, but they, found, they found railroad tracks. Oh, so man. So they had to stop because that's historic for some reason, these railroad tracks. Oh, so geez. now they're waiting on all these committees to see what they want to do with this street.
2: That'll be a year.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's going to oh, be man. a long time. So, Eric. Yes, sir. Um, my name is Manny. It <laughs> says here...
2: Manny, nice to meet you.
1: It says here that you're, 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 you're from the Bay Area originally? Yes, I am. What, East Bay, San Francisco? South or, Bay what?
2: and Peninsula. Uh, I, I, my parents were divorced when I was really young. My mom was in San Mateo, uh-huh. and my, my dad wound up back in San Jose.
1: Oh, okay, so you're down now. Yeah, because I got I got uh, family over in, on Alameda Island.
2: Nice. I was, I was just there a few months ago.
1: Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice area. Um, Definitely. Um, yeah. So you were there for how long?
2: Uh, at Alameda, I was just playing a show. Or do you mean in the Bay no, Area? No, no, in, in the Bay Area. What did you. <laughs> I, was, I was there and I grew I was born and raised, and I, I didn't leave until, uh, let's see, 2003. And then oh, moved okay. To, moved to New York. Uh,
0: so you come from a musical family, I was reading?
2: Yes, I do. Uh, my, uh, on my dad's side, all of the brothers played horn. So my dad played sax and clarinet and all the reeds, um, as did my Uncle John and Uncle Mike and Uncle Tony. Uh, my Uncle Chris played drums. And on my mom's side, my mom was a professional cellist. Oh, wow. Um, played piano a little bit and flute a little bit.
0: So you grew up with
2: people just uh, practicing and, and, and... Well, no, this was before I was born. Basically, right around the time I was coming, they all kind of had switched and gotten straight jobs.
1: <laughs> How old are you? I'm 48. Okay, 48. So you were born, what? Uh, 73.
2: 73 in the Bay Area. That must have been a hot time to be there, though. It was cool, man. It was as, as I... Right as I... Got to my twenties, it got really interesting, and especially in San Jose, being in Silicon Valley. Um, through the nineties dot com boom, um, most of my friends were making a, a killing, and there was just there's money just being thrown around. So, if you had a band and could play any any kind of covers, you know they were just throwing money at you.
1: <laughs> but also during that time, like the early nineties, there was a good music scene going on. Oh man,
2: Coast. the music coming out, especially. Yeah. Especially, you know, uh, unfortunately, the Bay Area was still a little segregated club-wise then. Um, as a San Jose musician, it was almost impossible for me to g- get gigs in San Francisco until I was in a touring band. And then, and then the floodgates mm-hmm. opened up, and I could do almost anything I wanted. But up until then, it was it was damn near impossible. Uh, oh, you're a San Jose band. Oh, oh. Really, a certain provincialism. They, yeah, they... It was elitism, provincialism. Yeah, it was huh. really. It was and awful. you weren't gay, right? <laughs> no, I was not. Well, that's I am. Game. I am now, though. But I <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, you know, it's it's a fluid situation. Right? But also,
1: that time wasn't like there was a lot of good bands coming out of Sacramento and stuff. Yeah, there are bands
2: everywhere, man. You had yeah. like when I was, you know, the early late eighties, early nineties. You had the the funk rock thing going on. Um. You know, you had Primus coming up. You had psycho coming out. You had, uh, let's see, you know, Fishbone was still killing back then, you know, coming up from L.A. Um, uh, but
1: you had also, the, re- the like, the Humpty guy. Humpty was happening there. Yeah, you had
2: the hip-hop thing. You had T-Short. You had Digital Underground, Tupac. Right.
1: Yeah, all those guys were happening. It was a, it was a huge scene. You man. had,
2: you know, going back a little bit, Tracy Chabin and Hip, just blown up. Um, uh, let's see. Green Day had just, just started to get going. Uh, Smash Mouth from actually from San Jose, um, a little later, like the mid 90s, you know, had their breakout. Um, there's a lot of stuff going now, on. Did
1: you know any of these
3: cats?
2: I knew more of the, the Smash Mouth guys because I was in San Jose and, and we were being held to San Jose until, like I said, until I got to about 2000. 2000. And like I said, that's when I started touring heavily, and that's when everything kind of changed. Um, and I wasn't relegated to the South Bay.
0: <laughs> now, before that, uh, like when you were in, in high school, I, I know you were heavily involved in the uh, the drum corps scene.
2: Yeah, uh, it,
0: which I'm fascinated by. A lot of people don't know that that exists at all, so I want to get into it a little bit.
2: It's a very almost a cult community <laughs>
0: right so when i was when i was in junior high school playing in the school band I, I first met uh like drummers or or um brass players who were in these drum and bugle cores and i was yeah. like what the fuck is that and they were <laughs> around here they were like private um and you would you know, it was kind of a club and they would practice routines. But go ahead and – so you did this through your high school or – Well, or- so Drum,
2: Drum and Boulevard is completely in, independent of school. It has nothing to do with school. Okay. Uh, they're their own private organizations and they have to – you know, it's very similar to an Olympic athlete situation where you're not getting paid. You're actually paying money or you're looking for sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, and these organizations uh, have to fundraise every year heavily because it's millions of dollars to to keep these things afloat um, right how big is 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 one of these uh groups 150 it, it was 150 i think it just went up a couple members um but the limit is right around 150 uh and then the the design staff and administrative staff is huge and they're getting paid they get you know paid pretty pretty good money especially at the top the designers um and then... Uh, now, how'd you get involved in all this? Well, my high school and my middle school had a... My middle school actually had a Drum and Bell Corps. Um, okay. Which a lot of people from Drum Corps and my high, my future high school went through. So it was kind of just this kind of pathway of... Uh, drum corps alumni and with those all to say the name the santa clara vanguard is where i marched and you guys were world champions right oh yeah multiple times nice Uh, uh, alumni from the vanguard taught my high school and a lot some of the designers actually were just designing for the vanguard and designing for my high school at the same time and some of those same people were also teaching at my middle school
0: now, when you say designing, you're talking about like marching routines, like you'd write yeah, writing, the the, writing
2: the visual, the visual package, writing the percussion book, writing the brass book, writing, uh, like the, the color guard all, mm-hmm. doing all the dance, doing all the movement, um, uh, the desi- designing, de- designing the silks, designing the flags, designing uniforms, des- designing the visual package. Uh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was just curious. I mean, so you're in this drum corps thing, and, and so you do you play like uh, the Rose Parade, or do you do like football halftime shows? I mean, where did where's your
2: exposure? No, it's its own thing. You, it, it. There's a there's a summer tour. Uh huh. Um, and you, from about late June to mid August is usually the summer tour for uh, the the. The big organization which is called Drum Corps International, which sponsors all these events.
1: Yeah, we've had a lot of drummers on this show, uh-huh. and the, the one thing that they all said that they have in common is that <laughs> they're always the last guys to get laid <laughs> in the bands. Now, well, if you've got a hundred drummers, someone's about to get in getting laid, right? Well, they're, I can
2: understand that because there's so much equipment you got to pack. Yes, like as, as no matter how much. No, how much you've connected with somebody or somebody's flirting with you or whatever's going on during the show, by the time you get all your crap out of They're, the gone. Bar, yeah. they're, they're gone, yeah. They're gone. They're gone and the trumpet player has actually taken them to another bar. <laughs> right. <laughs> and,
0: with your date. And,
2: they, and they've actually come back because that bar was, was lame and they're telling you about this other party they heard about that they're going to go to now.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and you're still packing
0: up and you're still packing
1: your and gear still, yeah.
2: and, I, and I've gotten one symbol off of, off of a stand at this point.
0: Uh, <laughs> so man but but these uh these these uh drum cores, I, I know there's some some incredibly uh uh precise uh razor drummers in there right?
2: Yeah the the level of talent and musicianship and uh, it's just it's just unbelievable. Um even since I've marched which was you know consider the stone ages now probably to the new, the new members, but, uh, just the, the level of, of, uh, complexity and everything that's required of you and everything that's being asked of you is just unbelievably unbelievable. Uh, there's no, the days of having the, the, you know, the, the slightly overweight or the one couple big guys in there, uh, are no more cause it's so athletic Uh, Oh wow! Really? Oh yeah. (laughs) They
0: got people cutting weight.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you have got. That's that's half the battle for auditions to see if you can if you can move. Okay. Wow. If you're not familiar with this, you're probably thinking. (laughs) Not
0: Sousa marches. (laughs) No,
2: this this is like super modern uh, compositions. A lot of custom compositions. Um now are of, there any uh, girls? Original works yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. There's only there's only one core left that has that's all guys. Okay.
1: <laughs> so once you're a member of a core, you're always a member, right? Is
2: that how no. it works? <laughs> like the Marines. No. <laughs> you have to you no? have to audition every year. <laughs> oh. you really? You have to audition every year. Oh, yeah. but you're you're done with it, right? You're not doing it anymore, right? Oh, you age out of twenty uh is your last year. Oh, okay. You can't do it past 21. Yeah. All right. The average, yeah. age, the average age is probably like 19 or 20 right now of, of the, the top 12 course.
0: Cool, man. Well, that's, that's, that's fascinating. It's definitely the only guest we've but had. Do you have had... kind of
2: like reunions? Oh, all the time. We, um, unfortunately, we had a bad reunion. One of my, one of my good friends uh, from San Mateo and also Santa Clara Vanguard alumni uh, passed away suddenly. Mm. Uh, Sorry. A couple months ago so we unfortunately had to have a we had a you know celebration of life at at the core hall um so that that was one ringing in that i didn't you know didn't unfortunately we, you know it was it was great to see everybody you, you know how those things go right but you
0: don't want to see them under those circumstances yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, right right so so at some point uh how do you uh, wind up leaving san francisco
2: well I was touring with Carl Denson's Tiny Universe and touring all over the, all mainly, yeah, we're just doing the U S and Canada. And, um, I was finding that when I got home, I was just bored in the South Bay because everything shuts down at two. Hmm. And, you know, the, the South Bay, especially then was really becoming, you know, the Silicon Valley that we know know today where everybody's working 60 hours a week and, you know, trying to, you know, set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was an alien as an artist, you know, like you really had to go hang out in San Francisco or Oakland, you know, to kind of feel like you kind of belong to something. Like there was a really very little support, of the arts in the South. I, I shouldn't say support of the arts, but um, unlike he, the polar opposite here, where it's completely normal to be a musician or an artist or someone that doesn't work nine to five, mm-hmm. it was completely alien there. Okay. Um, and my girlfriend at the time actually, I could sense I was, you know, you know, restless.
0: <laughs> oh. And
2: I guess I was, you know, talking to her how, how much I love New York and, every time I would go and um, and, she, and she was actually the one that pushed it because I, when she initially said it, I was like, I don't think I can start over because I, can, I can't afford it to just, uh-huh. you know, up and leave and not have any, you know, anything going on or any, any tour to, you know, uh, move out there for. Um, but I did have some connections out there and, and it, it worked out for a little bit. But the craziest thing is once I got out there, is when all the gravitational pull of New Orleans started again. Um, Because I had already been down here to record an album with my buddy, uh, an old roommate of mine in San Mateo. We were bandmates in the Bay Bay Area. We were one of those bands that couldn't get a gig in San Francisco to save our lives. Right. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I had met Anders Osborne on my way out to moving to New York, which, funny enough, at a festival called the High Sierra Festival, uh, in the Sierra, uh, Sierra Nevada mountains and right. uh, outside of uh, Reno mm-hmm. and trucking and all that. Um, and he was coming through New York, of course, during a blizzard and I wound up going down and sitting in and he called me a few days later to play a New Year's Eve gig at the Maple Leaf. Huh? And one thing led to another and my girlfriend and I had broken up and it was one of those, well, I can go back to California easily or check out this New Orleans thing. Cause mm-hmm. I, I had started playing with Anderson, and started flying to his, doing his flight dates. Um, so I moved down here and he hooked me up with Teresa Anderson. So I, actually my first gig down here as a resident was with Teresa. Okay. um, for during jazz fest like we did like the virgin records you know in-store performance
0: nice so you slipped right into a little working situation here uh, Yeah, yes where...
2: so i slid right in but of course of course there's a rub though
0: uh-huh.
2: as i leave a band i had been talking to in brooklyn um was trying to get me involved in it, it long story longer i happened to be up in long island with my my other new york band the bomb squad who i had moved out there mm-hmm. for and uh, the drummer situation didn't work out. The guy they got instead of me didn't work out, so they were still looking. And I wound up staying, you know, auditioned, and uh, got that gig. That's a band called Radio Mundial, uh, kind of an alternative Latin rock band. Um, so we did a lot of touring in Europe and uh, South Asia, like Singapore um is is that the
0: band that you became familiar with the cumbia uh playing with
2: okay besides besides actually the cumbia growing up in the bay area that's where i grew up that's where i heard the cumbia oh okay all the talk all the talk you can't get away from it sure (laughs) sure all the Kumbia or, or, or bonda, you banda, banda,
0: right, right. <laughs> but because uh, you know, we had occasion to uh, to find a sub for Doug Garrison for the iguanas a, a few years ago, and and uh, we we had a couple of different people that over over the course of whatever weeks he was gone, and and I had uh, sent people a few uh, like videos of of examples of somebody playing a cumbia uh to say here you know check this out and you know you'll be able to cover these styles that we play and i did it to you and you sent me back a video of you playing in a cumbia (laughs) band i was like okay all right well very good you you beat me on that one you of course you killed the gig you played a fucking fantastic man man. (laughs) uh, obviously you've been playing that but but yeah that was a surprise like okay well i guess i guess i don't need to send you any more uh, any more files (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, I, like, growing up where I grew up, it was like, that, you heard that stuff whether you wanted to or not. Right. Basically, on the corner of my cul-de-sac at my mom's house, every Friday, Saturday, with the outside, big-ass speakers, you couldn't get away from it. Right. <laughs>
1: wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How does a cul-de-sac have a corner?
0: <laughs> okay, the, Manny, Manny the, found the weak link there.
2: The end, <laughs> the end of the cul-de-sac, where, where the street is. Uh, okay. Oh, okay
0: all right okay. The, the outlet all
2: right good you know you know what i mean yes yes yeah
0: well uh well manny i'm i'm, I'm looking at my uh my glass and uh how's yours looking
1: um well i, I quit drinking a few weeks ago oh okay so, all so right i do well,
0: okay well uh uh would, would you like to uh uh let the nation have a have a chance to refresh their cocktails
1: eric uh this is the part of the show where we take a little break and we refill our libations. The Chinese nice. nation knows the drill, and you're welcome to take part. You know, go uh, stretch your legs, pour another shot.
2: Nice, I'll, I'll flip the record over. How about
1: we'll that? i flip the record over, <laughs> exactly. And uh, so everyone knows the drill, and we'll be right back.
3: Esta canción yo te regalo alas de vida Y con mi canción te regalo melodías de libertad Así que déjate vivir para tu alma
0: And we're back, back Man, with Mister Manny Chevrolet, back with our guest yes. Mister Eric Bolivar. I am Renee Coleman, and uh, Eric, you know we're we're back to uh, uh, listener-supported uh, operation here, and yes. and actually today is Giving Tuesday, Mandy, Man- Manny, Mandy, Manny.
1: You really have a thing for me, don't
0: you? Uh, I've always had a thing for you, Manny. You know, it's a, we have a thing.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: but uh but yes, uh it's giving Tuesday and so so what better day to uh, uh you know, support the podcast that you listen to week in, week out. Uh, you know, avail yourself of the uh, the PayPal link, uh the the it's in the show notes and the the Facebook page. Also have the the Patreon page. You can be a patron support us weekend and week out and uh uh right in time for the the holiday gift giving season we still have the uh, troubled men podcast t-shirts there at uh yeah uh, bonfire slash troubled Wear, and that that uh, link is also in the show notes and we want to give a shout out to uh sarah essex for uh, her support for the podcast this week sarah knows what's up sarah right on right on. so
1: who decided that today was Giving Tuesday?
0: I don't know. That's, uh, it's, uh, I, I I don't know who came up with that hallmark. Same people who decided
1: know. on Taco Tuesday? It could be. Could be. <laughs> or
0: or, or, uh, or when it was uh, uh, Daughter's Day or Son's Day. I don't, I didn't sanction either right. of those, but I did see well, that they came around.
1: Well, you know, that's it's funny because last Tuesday, and I thought you would have jumped on this big time, Renee. Uh, last Tuesday was... Here we uh, go. National Fast Food Day, where if you went oh, to your Lord. fast food restaurants, you can get free, free French fries, free Whoppers, and all mm. that kind of stuff.
0: Really? No, I. I yeah, it I, was, I, I, I don't eat a lot of fast food, Manny, but I, I, I will have some. You. I will have some McDonald's French fries on occasion. Those are pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you like the Popeyes though, too, don't you? Popeyes and um,
0: Wendy's. I like the Wendy's chicken sandwich, yes. Spicy chicken sandwich. That's a favorite of mine. Not, not so crazy for the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I, I, wanted, I'm I wanted to like it, but it, uh, it was too greasy.
1: Right, yeah. Well, I just thought it was free food and you'd be first in line.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know I, I like something for free, but uh, only if it's worth having.
1: Right. Okay. Well, yeah, it was last Tuesday. Now I don't, I don't eat fast food. I I, I haven't had fast food in years. I I don't care for it because, you know, people say, oh, come on, let's get something quick. We'll just go over here to this uh, place. And I always say, like, when when my wife says it, or my daughter says it, or someone I know says it, I'll just say, we can do better than this. Yeah. (laughs) It's
2: pretty much, you know, we can do better than this. Sure. So what do you, what do you do when you're in a hurry then?
1: if I'm in a hurry, then I'll, I'll, I'll skip. I'll just, you know, I'll, I won't, I'll have a cocktail, you know, I,
0: I, <laughs> I, I
1: don't need to eat. But you now know? you quit
0: drinking. So uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, tough going but, forward.
1: Yeah. So no, no, no. Like, you know, when I'm on road trips or something like that, and someone in the car says, come on, I'm hungry. Let's just pull over here to this fast food joint. And I always say, we can do better than this. And we can. <laughs> you know? You can do better than this. You really can. If you look for it, you can do better than this. Right.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: Eric, thinking of doing better. Yes. Why New Orleans?
2: Because <laughs> initially, because because of my buddy, my buddy Jason Holman was already um, already down here and flying me down to record and do stuff. And, and then Anders was doing the same thing. I was playing with Anders. Um, and uh doing all his all his gigs he wasn't playing a whole lot then he was in between management in between labels in between everything right let um, me ask you
1: something what kind of name is anders what is it is that short for something or is no what, what that, does anders mean anders
2: is is very norwegian it's norwegian <laughs> <laughs> okay he, he's swedish though isn't he i'm, I'm kidding it's oh like, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's swedish yes oh, okay he's from sweden Yes. Yes.
0: So, so you, you come down here, uh, uh, to be in his band, but he's not really working a lot, but, uh, you, you immediately fall in, uh, I mean, looking at the list of new Orleans bands you've been in, it's amazing. You've, you've played with everybody, man.
2: Yeah. But pretty quickly I started getting calls. Um, started calling me for stuff. Um, and David Torkanowski,
0: uh, great piano player. Yes.
2: yes. David Torkanowski, shout out. Um, and then I was living uh, with Kirk Joseph and Vanessa Joseph at, on the their the family compound. Tuba over. player
0: from a Dirty Dozen brass band.
2: Dirty Dozen brass band, yeah. So he would have my car when I was gone, and I would fly in, and and he'd pick me up, and I'd have my car the whole time I was here. Um, and one of those one of those transitions didn't work out, and he uh, made me miss my flight, <laughs> okay. so I had to stay. Stay an extra day and he happened to have a gig subbing for Matt Perrine, another great sousaphone player, mm-hmm. with this this weird trombone band called Bonorama. And he's asked me if I wanted to go.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, I said sure. And and then I wound up meeting Mark Mullins and Craig and all the guys, and I sat in and then they started calling me for gigs. Right, um, yeah. So between Anders, Bonorama and Radio Munial, up in up up in Brooklyn and all the other random stuff I was getting, I was pretty damn busy. (laughs)
0: I'll bet, man. I'll bet. Uh,
2: And then the stuff at Piety Street, great recording studio that's no longer, unfortunately, uh, for those of you listening, um, started coming in, and the Music Shed, and Fudge recording, and between those three, basically, uh, and Tim's spot, I can't think of his last name, on the West Bank, Um, I was pretty busy in the studio also. So all of a sudden I was, you know, I was flying back and forth between Brooklyn and here and, and, uh, uh, doing a lot of European touring with, with Radio Mundial and, uh, stateside touring, you know, with Bonorama and with Anders and then subbing for Dirty Dozen and whoever I could, you know. Whoever called, basically. Right,
0: right. Now, where were you uh, playing in Europe with with the the Latin band?
2: All over the place, man. We were, you know, UK, uh, Switzerland, Belgium, Italy, uh, Turkey. Uh, wow! How big of know, a
0: band is that?
2: Five. five oh, pieces. Okay. oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Quattro player, the Quattro, and doubled on guitar. Mm-hmm. Two guitarists, basically, bass, percussion, and drums.
0: Okay, That's tight little unit
2: yeah I like it Yeah, Uh, four part harmony a lot of the times at least three but sometimes four Um, yeah it was it was was really good and and if I might say I was definitely the uh, the most non good looking person in the band I was at my (laughs) I was at I was at my heaviest and these are some good looking guys so girls were freaking out on this band yeah everywhere we went (laughs) okay um it was crazy I mean nice. like, like setting records at at merch you know f- at festivals for merchandise and you know people clamoring and getting in line you know way before we were even you know get gonna be over there to sign anything it was wow. just crazy
0: okay but but yet it it couldn't compete with the uh the the allure of New Orleans. The
2: <laughs> what happened was one of those behind the music <laughs> stories
0: okay, good, we like
2: those. One of those record label stories of uh, the record labels, you know, promising this and promising that and promising this and promising that. And they're supposed to send our, our albums to these on tour ahead of us, on, to all these festivals. And they, they keep not doing it. Um, so finally, they re- re-sign another contract. We've, we've demoed a million songs we've been rehearsing for what seems like two years. Uh, we finally get into the studio. We finish this album. It's finished. It's great. Uh, and the record label folds. Oh God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Classic story.
2: Classic. And then uh, on the other side of it, I have to be on- com- completely honest. Um, the, the two leaders of the band or two of the leaders of the band were brothers and it was, they had a very at the time volatile relationship.
0: No, you don't so, say <laughs> i never heard of that brothers fighting.
2: <laughs> so it was one of those things where like do uh, contractual things were if we were to start over, we'd have to change our name or somebody who's still going to own, own us right, basically. Right, right. And own the publishing on these songs that weren't even released. <laughs> <You> know, so. <laughs> so, so you took that as a sign, writing right, on the wall. So, yeah, so we're like, you know what? We played our last our last shows in Singapore and went out on a high. had had fun, and I I flew back to New Orleans, and that was it. <laughs> I bet
1: in Singapore you went out on a high. I bet, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a knowing chuckle. That's all you're gonna get from
1: me. I don't
2: actually. I I don't I don't do anything. I, I drank, but I didn't partake in any other, th- other substances.
1: Now, these two brothers, these were the good-looking guys, right? Who all the girls
2: were screaming for, right? Them and the percussionist and the bass player, yes. And uh, <laughs> where are these guys today? They're all still doing music and or doing film. Um, they're all still super busy. Uh, the bass player on that last trip is actually... The, Brian J, who is the leader of Pimps of Joytime, okay, who asked me actually in Singapore, say, "Hey, I, I've got this this new project I've got. I'd love for you to be involved." And um, that kind of segue directly from Pimps of Joy. I'm sorry, from uh, Radio Mundial into doing Pimps of Joytime gigs.
0: And you you played with those guys for 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 a long time,
2: huh? For a long time, off and on for a long time. Yeah, just like Anders, it was off and on for a long time. You know.
0: <laughs> which is nice to have a whole bunch of different things you can do. You don't get uh, drugged yeah. out doing one thing.
2: Yeah. It always seemed like when I did one thing, bad things would happen. Not, not bad things, but just, it, it wasn't, how do I put this? Um, I'd always wind up in a situation where I, I was broke, you know, doing one thing because that one thing wouldn't support, you know, what I needed to keep, the lights on and food on the table and you know right that's why i always have to seem I have to have my my hands in a lot of different pots you know
0: <laughs> yes well you know in the music business it's always good to say yes to everything and and hopefully right. uh you know 10 percent of it will uh, will actually come to fruition and uh,
2: right you right
0: know, hope hopefully it all just lines up uh that it's not all in the same day or something,
2: you know, when these right. things do. That's happen. where I'm at now. I seem to have nothing going on, no, no offers for two weeks and then three on the same day. <laughs> right, yeah, that's
0: that's the – when you're doing this kind of freelance stuff or, or, or playing with – you know, as as the first call person in four different bands, you'll have like a booking. You go, oh well, that's great, and then then you sweat it out until then that somebody yep. higher up the food chain isn't going to get a gig that you have to say no to or yep. figure out how to get get
2: out of the exactly. out, out of
0: the one you already said yes to. Uh, exactly,
2: I went through that today. Actually, uh, John Grove. Hi, John. Uh, you're probably listening. Um, yes. <laughs> uh He called me for a gig and then there's, of course, like five, it seemed like five seconds later, there was another gig offer. (laughs) You know.
0: <laughs> okay so you had to get out of john's gig no okay good i think no. i'm on that gig too yes at least. yes you are okay all right <laughs> well that's good yeah he sent me the list that he sent me the band i said oh this is a fucking great band he goes yes it is okay i'm looking forward to that
2: yeah it was one of those the, the other band was like is it possible to sub that one out and i'm like i'll i'll ask right right <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, you just got to try to try to figure out what's going to do the least damage, uh, right? Going going forward, right. So, so you so you're touring with all these bands for for a long time. You're doing uh, tons of, of of touring dates, and and uh, and then uh, can you believe it took me this long to get to this this uh, this thing and this this interview? Then the, the fateful day in 2015 when you you start having a uh, I don't know, what's your first Well sensation? you gotta go back to
2: you gotta go back to fourteen for symptoms. Okay, um, okay. Or actually way further than that in hindsight, but fourteen is when I I'm like, okay, something's wrong.
0: <laughs> okay, well work us up to that. That
2: uh... so, so around two thousand fourteen, I'm s i all of a sudden on my very first day on my very first tour with Tab Benoit, the night before that, get this situation where I feel like I've I've sprained my ankle. In the middle of the night, which Hmm. I know doesn't sound like it makes any sense, but stay with me. Mm -hmm. Find out later. It's gout. (laughs) Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm hobbling onto the bus with my, trying to get my gear onto the bus and Hey man, how's it going? I'm trying to make a good impression. And I'm sitting (laughs) here stumbling down the aisle. (laughs) Um, he's like, who is this, who is this guy on my bus that can barely walk? You know, is he going (laughs) to be able to do this? You know, right. Um, so that's the first sign and, um, later on I start getting some severe cramping, start having, um, start losing weight rapidly, um, it starts getting hard to keep things down. I have another gout flare up that I now found out, find out to gout. Uh, so finally I made a, this is right after Thanksgiving, um, on the way, funny enough, on the way back from my mom's house, on the day after Thanksgiving, um, I'm, I'm, I have my left leg propped up and I'm driving all the way home with my, you know, with my right foot on the accelerator mm-hmm. when my, my left foot is flared up and it's killing me. So, uh, I make an appointment at the musician's clinic, shout out to the New Orleans musician's clinic, yes. um, and find out, you know, it takes a while to get in there, uh, find out through blood work that my kidneys are failing mm. and not only are they failing but they're at end stage failure my kidneys are functioning functioning at two percent
0: jesus it's like not compatible with life
2: yeah yeah i'm dying basically oh, <laughs> you know? oh. that's january 15th i find that out and um actually i'll, I'll back up a little bit the uh, the day before the uh nurse from the uh musician clinic calls and it's like eric eric are you okay are you okay and i'm like uh-oh <laughs> Right. you don't even know why she's asking <laughs> right i'm like i'm fine what's wrong <laughs> your uh-huh. kidneys are failing you need to go to the emergency room right now this is literally how she said it you know uh-huh.
0: uh
2: it's like oh lord <laughs> so yeah so the next day I, I went the next day so january 15th i check in and like, you know, they ask you well, why are you here, and I said like, because my kidneys are failing. And that's, of course, it's one of those days where I feel fine. That's the other weird thing about these symptoms; they go and they come and go. So some days you're fine, mm-hmm. some days you feel like ass, you know, whatever. Uh, so they're like they're like, look at me skeptically. What? Well, how do you know this? You know? No,
1: <laughs> no. What is what is the gut? It was gout first, and then the kidneys. Gout was, was the I, first sign, what, and, and what?
2: What are the symptoms of gout? You got your limping, your cramping. So gout feels like it feels like literally like I said, up like I'd sprain an ankle. Like okay, you have, you have a flare up of one of your joints, and it's usually in your toes or in your 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 ankle. Okay, it's
0: just because your kidneys can't can't clear the uh, all, uric
2: all, acid. Yeah, all of a sudden I'm I'm yeah I'm I'm holding on to all the toxins uh-huh. because my kidneys aren't flushing them out um, properly. Crazy. Now, are you drinking a lot then? And what's your lifestyle like? I, wasn't, I you... wasn't drinking that much. Everybody always says they, they, they kind of laugh because like <laughs> of, of, of some some of my friends, I was the most healthy person. Right. I was drinking a little bit, like especially like I I'd have a drink with me on stage, you know, mm-hmm. to sip. Drink but what was your whatever. diet like? Was your diet really bad too? As or? my as I got closer and closer to diagnosis, my diet got. Check this out. It got healthier and healthier and healthier, mm-hmm. but come to find out, what was healthy for n- normal functioning people, a lot of what I was eating was actually killing me.
0: Mm.
1: So, and what
2: was that? Like like spinach, kale, uh, bananas, really? oranges. Uh, a lot of there's a lot of things when your kidneys aren't functioning properly that are usually healthy for you that that all of a sudden are not. Oh wow! Uh, it's a really wild list of stuff um and it all a lot of it pertains to uh when your kidneys aren't functioning properly your potassium tends to tends to be high so you have to avoid high, t- high potassium foods or s- severely limit them um things with um high levels of phosphorus like kale like spinach like your your dense greens right um, right uh a lot of stuff I was I was eating a lot of. I was having a lot of sal- salads and I was trying to do juices and, and green oh, juices. Geez. And this yeah. was all bad. That was all bad, right? Are <laughs> oh, so you better off uh, going so to I'm, national yeah. fast food day and getting free? <laughs> no, not that either, but, but uh you know, somewhere in the middle. But but I'd you know, I'd go to like Satsumas on Break It Piety and have like the healthiest thing on the menu and still feel like shit you know, Mm -hmm. afterwards.
0: (laughs) So, so then you get your diagnosis. It, 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 uh, it explains a lot of things, but from that day forward, you're, you now have to live a different lifestyle. Now you, you have zero, uh, you know, 2% kidney function. And so now you're, you're in dialysis, what, three times a week or something?
2: Three days a week, uh, for about five hours each day. Wow. Yeah.
0: And that's how you've lived uh, for the past six years. And that's, that's an ongoing thing with you.
2: Uh, initially, I was doing what's called uh, peritoneal dialysis, which means you do it on your own. Uh-huh. Uh, because that, that would give me the most flexibility to keep touring. That was my biggest worry, is that I was going to lose my income. But you have to do this manually every, every, about every three, four hours.
1: Oh, God. About, about, every,
2: about, every, about every four hours. Um, until finally, they were the, the machines that, that do this for you are, were on back order for about a year. So I finally, after about a year, got the machine, um, which you you do while you're sleeping, which sounds like it's going to be you know great. Um, you know, you just plug in, go to sleep, wake up, unhook, you know, and all that stuff. Um, but because of where they p- placed the catheter, and because I toss and turn and sleep on my stomach. I would kink the hose or kink, right. you know, and the alarms, the alarms would go off, you know, and no matter how much I tried to learn how to sleep on my back, I just couldn't do it. So I eventually had to go back to, I had to go to hemodialysis, which is what what they do. You, you go to a clinic to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can still travel. It's just more involved with logistics to, you know,
1: now, is this something anyone else in your family suffered from, or just just happened?
2: My disease is polycystic kidney disease, which is genetic. Uh, but so, yes, to answer your question, but it does come from um, my mom's biological dad, who did not raise her, and we don't have a whole lot of contact with that family, so no one bothered to tell us. Mm. Um so like uh, earlier I was saying in hindsight the symptoms started much earlier I just didn't realize it you know didn't know didn't know to be looking for it um the, the 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 symptoms actually started when I was in New York um now that I look back on it and probably in San Jose even um Okay but you're young and you don't think about it Yeah I'm thinking my you know my my sleeping habits are crazy because they change every day. Like I'll be in the studio one day and they'll have a 5:30 AM flight the next day. And then I'll, you know, or I'll be up all night playing somewhere and they have to go straight to the airport and then play and then fly home. And, you know, just crazy scheduling, you know, so I thought, Oh, I'm just, I'm just not getting enough sleep. You know, right. there's always a way I could, I could justify why I was feeling bad. You know, Oh, I'm just tired. Oh, I'm, I've been gaining weight. Oh, uh, you know, I, I'm eating, I'm eating like crap or, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, the fatigue stuff started really early. Like I would, I would, I was on a four floor walk up and i in, in Brooklyn. And no matter how many times I walked up the stairs, I would be damn near dead at the end of it. And you figure usually when you start something like that, after a couple of months, you start getting used to it. It gets stronger.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. You're right. Right.
2: <laughs> You're right. And I it never, I never would, and that was, that was, you know, looking back, that's one of the first times. So a couple of years, and I'm like still dying at the end of the stairs. So, part one of the things with kidney failure is anemia. Mm. Um, you're not getting nearly enough oxygen to the blood.
1: Now, are you a smoker or anything like nope. that? You nope. never
2: were.
0: Nope. A healthy guy, man. That's crazy. Well, so. So nowadays you manage to, uh, I know you're, you're one time you were telling me you can do like bus tours. Cause that it's easier to, uh, y- you know, to schedule dialysis out on the road. If you're in a bus tour.
2: Yeah. Bus tours traveling through night. That's the key is traveling through the night. So you have all, all morning and early afternoon to do whatever you need to do as opposed to a van tour where you're traveling all day. Um, our bus tours are much easier. Um, it's still not, it's still not the ideal situation, of course, but but um, it's doable. Uh, a, a van a van tour more than a couple of days is damn near impossible because of like like I said, you're you're all you spend all day in the van as opposed to on a bus where you you roll into the site early in the morning.
0: Yep, it's yeah. it's crazy that you're able to to keep all that together, man. It's you know most people they, they have a hard time just being on the road, just feeding themselves. You know you can, <laughs> you can go out and and you know another thing I was thinking about. It's like some people can handle so much and not complain like yourself, and then you know other people can complain about anything.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I've got a kid that puts it all in perspective to me. My daughter, you know. It's like I've got to be here for her. Period. End of end of statement. End of thought. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and no, no matter what, it's like yeah. There's there's some days where I let myself get a little frustrated, you know, for my situation, and I and I I don't tell too many people, but you know, I, I tell a couple of people every once in a while. It's like you know, I really want my time back. I feel like I've I've lost some some valuable time. Um, and one thing. Um, I'll, just to be completely, you know, while we're on that topic of just being honest, mm-hmm. it's like um, the frustrating, most frustrating thing about this whole thing is of, of the time lost and, and the timing of it is that I feel like my plane has gotten to a point where it's been, never been better. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've reached this, this, this peak in my plane and right as that happened is when the, the diagnosis happened. Um, so that, that's been kind of frustrating. <laughs> sure, sure. Man. Like, I feel like I'm going out and killing these gigs, but they're few and far in between, you know, instead of, you know, going out in the road for long periods of time.
1: <laughs> now, during the whole pandemic, when you weren't able to play, how, how were you surviving, man?
2: Uh, initially, like the first six months or whatever, the, the initial stimulus
1: helped you out
2: yeah helped help me out and then i then i f- fell into one of those people that didn't qualify for stimulus after that mm. um so i would like to say officially thank god for music cares yeah yeah it's a great
0: organization yep
2: <laughs> yes because without them and without without family support i would be on the street mm. no joke right now
0: Man, oh man, that's a, it's a, it's a crime, Eric. Holy cow! And
1: and, and your daughter, your daughter's here in New Orleans with you. My daughter's
2: here in New Orleans. Uh, we she I just saw her tonight. We went to dinner. Um, me and her mom. Uh, we 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 split custody. Um, we're really good friends. Also, I'm in a really good situation. Um, um, with her mom, uh, we're still really good friends, and that doesn't happen a, a lot. Right. Um from from what I'm hearing yep. from other people. Yep. <laughs> uh we all, you go hang, eat? We, all, we all hang out on La, La Madeleine. Oh, <laughs> very nice. <okay>. Very nice. <laughs> um very very Frenchy. Right, right, yeah.
0: right. <laughs> well well thank God. It seems like uh things are, are uh you know opening up again. I know you got a uh, bunch of gigs coming up.
2: Um Well not really. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you'll have a bunch of gigs coming I've, up. I've got a handful of gigs. Uh, I've got let's see, one, two, three. I've got like four in December.
0: Okay. All right, nation. Well, uh, you heard that. Uh, Eric's got room on his calendar. <laughs> yes. Uh, holy cow!
2: <laughs> I notice also you, you've done a lot of work on some movie soundtracks. Yeah. Um. That's. That's been saving my life, man. My my um, I should have mentioned that too. Um, my buddy Tree Adams out in L.A., who was the composer for NCIS New Orleans, um, used to and now the NCIS Hawaii, um, gives me a lot of work. Um, I do a lot of um, percussion stuff for him. And you're um, able to do that from home? No, I've been doing. I've been doing that. He comes out here a couple times a year. Uh-huh. And he'll do stuff, or I'll, or I'll I'll fly out there to his studio and do stuff there for his the stuff he's movies and stuff he's working on. He just uh, uh, we we finished the movie Belushi a while back, and that just got nominated for the bunch of awards. Oh, cool! Um, I still haven't seen it. I really want to see it. <laughs> it's about Jim Belushi. Yeah, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone's going to see a movie about Jim. <laughs> the trials, the
2: trials and tri- tri- tribulations of Jim Belushi. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> sounds like a winner. <laughs> definitely,
2: yeah. definitely. But yeah, but, besides that, I've I've been on the show. uh I've been on Tremay a few times. uh I was just in Green Book and uh, one night in Miami.
0: Right, I saw you in Green Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, oh, cool. That was uh, r- filmed over at uh, at Ruby's Roadhouse. That was Ruby's Roadhouse. That whole yeah, scene. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So
2: I've been in in the and you know I've been recording m- movie stuff and in some stuff re- in some TV stuff and recorded you know uh, the the music for some of those things and been in you know on the camera and some stuff from just on camera, you know, it's been kind of cool. Yeah, excellent. Yes.
0: Eric shows up everywhere. Can't.
2: I'm trying. Yeah, no, you're, <laughs> you're
0: doing it, man. You're doing it. As, as soon as they, they, they let us get back to it, uh, you'll be right there. I'm trying. Looking forward to playing this gig with, uh with you, with John Groh coming up Definitely. here and uh eric we're we're uh, we're here closing down cl- closing in on the end of the podcast so uh i'm so glad we got you finally uh you know i'm, I'm, yeah, me too. I'm like a dog me with too. a bone i don't want to let go so, I, so i'm glad i finally <laughs> landed you in the boat here to mix metaphors and thanks so much for coming on the podcast and uh my pleasure eric as always we like to say uh, trouble never ends but the struggle continues
2: Good night. I, I, I like I like that. Good night. <laughs> Good night.
3: When the rain falls when the rain falls and the thunder hits When the rain falls and the thunder hits and lightning strikes. Yeah, that's when my old heart kicks When the sun shines When the sun shines and the clouds are gone When the sun shines and the clouds are gone And the day is bright My old heart is feeling strong Heart is doing okay.